Hey, welcome to the Healthful Woman Podcast, the fastest growing podcast in women's health. Today's Monday, February 6th, 2023. Today, I'm joined by Lauren Turk, who's going to talk about her decision to freeze her eggs and her decision to talk about it publicly. Lauren is a friend of mine and is the awesome lead singer of our band. Yes, I am sort of in a band, but don't read too much into that. I'm not particularly talented, but Lauren is. She is an awesome singer. Lauren is also the creator and owner of The Hangout in New Jersey, which is an amazing designer consignment boutique in Englewood, New Jersey. Lauren decided to freeze her eggs and was kind enough to agree to tell her story, which is both an interesting one, but also one that could be very helpful for many women considering doing the same. I'm certain you're going to love hearing her story and you'll find it quite informative. If you want to hear more from Lauren or learn more about her, you can check out her Instagram, the Hangout NJ, one word, or her website, www.thehangoutnj.com. We should also have links to that on our website and our social media posts. Reminder for all of you listening on Apple or Spotify, we would really appreciate it if you could rate this podcast, preferably with five stars. All right. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. See you next Monday. For now, enjoy rock and roll legend, Lauren Turk. Welcome to today's episode of Healthful Woman, a podcast designed to explore topics in women's health at all stages of life. I'm your host, Dr. Nathan Fox, an OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine specialist practicing in New York City. At Healthful Woman, I speak with leaders in the field to help you learn more about women's health, pregnancy, and wellness. Lauren Turk, welcome to the podcast. How goes it, my friend? It's going great, rock and roll star Nady Fox. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. You are you are a difficult woman to get a hold of. I, I you know I get you. I call you for the podcast and you don't answer. Then you answer and you're not ready. You need ten minutes because you're busy. You know selling something or doing something important. But no, it's all good. I'm glad we can finally get you the celebrity. Yeah, yeah. you know I'm selling clothing. I'm a rock star. We're very busy. <laughs> we're, we're multifaceted us too. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I, I, I guess you're one of my new friends because at my age, anyone who it's within the past like five years is new, Yeah, I suppose. But yeah, so, you know, we're bandmates and, you know, we're, we're rocking together and we see each other in town and now we're, we're doing some podcasting. So I'm very honored. Thank you. Oh my God. Thank you. I feel honored to be on your fancy podcast. <laughs> oh, I appreciate you calling it fancy. That's good stuff. So Lauren, yes, do me sir. a favor. Tell all the millions of listeners out there, <laughs> who is Lauren Turk? Like, give us, give us a little background. Like, how would you sum yourself up? All right. Hi, everybody on the podcast. I'm Lauren Turk. I'm a 35-year-old entrepreneur. I opened a consignment shop in Englewood, New Jersey on February 17th, 2020, three and a half weeks before a global pandemic, which a brick and mortar store. Yeah. Which wasn't the best timing. As Good business you know. plan. Good business plan. Yeah. I left the world of real estate after 10 years, opened my own business. And then three and a half weeks later, I closed it. I had to pivot, as they said. And I went on Instagram every day, came to the store during lockdown. And I really just promoted myself and grew my Instagram following. I am also a singer. I sing in a band called Adult Band. It's Dr. Nady Fox, yep. podcast extraordinaire. Yep. That's me. I'm all I got for you, Nady. That's perfect. And, you know, in, in our conversations about 
rock and roll and life. It it came up. You told me, "Hey, you're an OBGYN. I'm freezing my eggs." So, so, so I was like, "Oh, great! That's cool. Let's talk about it." So, I was curious, why did you decide to be open about it, like to tell people about it, as opposed to being private? Let's say. Great question. So, growing up in our Orthodox Jewish community, I never heard about egg freezing in reference to women that were older. I only heard about IVF and egg freezing for people who couldn't get pregnant, like young married couples. It was all such a a tragedy, whatever. I never expected. I mean, listen, man plans and God laughs, but I never intended or expected to be single at this stage of my life. I personally would love to have a family and be married and, and move forward with my life but that just didn't happen for me at this time. So I knew I wanted to freeze my eggs because I know that no matter what happens in my life, whether I get married or not, I'm going to be a parent. I love children. I've always had that like yearning to be with children. And I was a teacher in college and whatever. That's just me. So unfortunately, the plan was March of 2020, (laughs) I planned to open a business, buy an apartment and start a new business. None of those things really panned out for me. So I had to freeze my eggs during COVID. So even more so of the importance of it happening for me at that point in my life, I wanted to let other women and girls younger than me, even in their early 20s who are dating or whatever, it's still something that should be on our mind. I had no idea. No one ever teaches us as young adults that your egg count drops. And it's not that easy as you get older. It's it was like actually shocking to me that how uneducated I was in this department. So after I went through the whole process, which I actually had to end up doing twice, I decided to speak about it on Instagram and social media. And my parents were like, you know, like you don't share very much on social media. That's personal. Why this? Same question. Like it's so private. And if I could encourage or, or even just educate one person, even women older than me, just to just know that things they didn't before, it was worth it to me. And it ended up being like kind of awesome. I got a lot of DMs and I met with a few people for coffee about it. And it was really helpful. And I ended up loving the second place I went to that was successful. And I talk about them all the time to whomever will listen to me. <laughs> the, 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 the DMs you got and the people who reached out, what was the split between people who had done it themselves and just wanted to like, hey, thank you so much. You know, this is really cool, you know, versus people. I'm thinking about it. Can I pick your brain? So actually, the people who wanted to know more, it was more in person. Like a few days later, a girl who's like four or five years old than me came into the store and I knew her growing up. She's my older brother's age. And she walked in and I was just us. It was very quiet that day. And she's like, I actually came to talk to you about egg freezing, do you think you and I could meet up in private? So that happened like with two or three people. It was in person. The DMs from like people who had been through it were very supportive Mm -hmm. and like so unnecessary. I don't do this for like clout. I don't want people to be like, woohoo. But it was so, I mean, it it was me being vulnerable and it was, I didn't have any negative response. Everyone was so friendly and sweet and supportive. You know, I know you obviously and the people on the podcast, I'm sure there's probably a couple thousand that know you and everyone else is just meeting you for the first time. But you are a very outgoing person. You have, you know, you greet people with a you know huge smile and very warm. 
And so you're definitely not someone who one would predict would be sort of, you know, like in the shadows or reclusive, but still it's, like you said, it's a big deal to be out there with, you know, this is your personal stuff we're talking about. This is freezing your eggs. We're not, you know, this isn't like going on Instagram and saying you have a shirt to sell, right? This is a big yeah. thing. And yeah. did you have any hesitancy about that? So it's funny. I, I didn't. Mm-hmm. My, my family kept saying like, are you sure? Are you sure? Like, I don't think it's anything to shy away from. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's not something to be embarrassed about. It, it's, it's a lot. It's emotional. It's depressing for a single woman. Like, mm-hmm. it's a lot. But I had no, no, I didn't second guess myself once because I couldn't think of a single reason why it wouldn't be positive. And I did go on, I had like a addressing our best, which is a series where I quote unquote address our best and interview people who have different jobs. Mm-hmm. And I I interviewed my my friend who's the nurse that I went through it with mm-hmm. just so we could have live people asking questions to Eliza, to Eliza for sending my nurse. Mm-hmm. And like, it really, it was great. People were interacting with her and asking questions. I have no shame on this department because it's not something to be shamed about. No, I agree. I, I 100% agree with you, but I think that it's unusual that people would come to that conclusion themselves quickly. And I think it's awesome. How did you even hear about it? You said you didn't hear about it growing up or whatnot. So what, when did it even come to you as an option? It was my gynecologist, Dr. Scheller. Shout out to Dr. Scheller. She's the greatest. <laughs> she, told, she, she brought it up when I turned 29 or, or, you know what the truth is, I think one of my best friends was about to do it. And she asked, and I was like, you know what? I really want to do it. I just, I don't want to miss it. And she, she, we made a plan. She's like, okay, when you're this age, we'll do it. And then that was the year that COVID hit. So it was just a few months after. Right. Listen, the doctor at the time said he's, I, I got up. For everybody's honesty, they, they took initially it was 13 or an 11 made it, 11A. By mm-hmm. the way, they send you like a like a sonogram picture of like a Petri dish with your eggs in it. Yeah. Mine's on my refrigerator. Because all of my friends that have like sonograms of their babies on the fridge. So like, why the hell not? Can I keep my beautiful, healthy, frozen little baby eggs on my fridge? So, I mean, I like I said, I have nothing to hide. I'm very open about it because I'm grateful. But my doctor did say, he's like, listen, if you were my daughter... I'd say to do it again, mm-hmm. because yes, 11X is, is not terrible. Obviously, I'm very grateful. He's like, but they don't always take and you don't know where you'll be. But something that need, that should be discussed, and I'm sure you, you say this a lot, is, is expensive. Yeah. It's a lot of money. And like, I had just left a steady job for 10 years with a salary. And like, like I said, I, I had gone to one, one fertility clinic. It, it failed. I quote unquote failed. Because I really didn't know what I was. And this is, I, good one, Nadie. This is why I spoke up about it. Because the first place that I went to, the nurse that I was assigned didn't really explain everything. Like, for example, my mom lives across the street from a nurse. So she taught me how to do the shot. Like I YouTubed it, but I really didn't know what the hell I was doing. I've never given myself a shot before at the age of 33. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then... It ended up, she didn't tell me that if you have X amount of medication left, you're going to have to order more or let me know. So I ended up running out of a medication. And then the morning of my retrieval, I, I failed. Mm. So after paying all this money, I lost a, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I had to do it again. And I was, I was, that's, you know, what, Nadie, that was in like the height of COVID when we had a band practice in your backyard. Right. That's when you and I, I came to you and I'm like, 
Where do I go? What do I do? I, I feel so silly. And, and, and the doctor had come highly recommended. That place was like a factory. Mm-hmm. I felt like I got lost in the system, which is possible because I guess that I just didn't click. But the second time I did it, I was so grateful. And it really, it was such a different experience. Thank God I got very lucky. But it was something, I didn't want this to happen to anybody else because right. I knew nothing going in. And granted, it could have been my own fault for not asking more questions. But because it was during COVID and everything was via Zoom, like I never actually met the doctor in, in my entire process. I never met it, the doctor because I would get checked every morning by a different person. Mm. So just to clarify, you you decided to do this on sort of the advice of Dr. Schiller and also your friend. And you went to one place. It was during COVID. You don't, you didn't get great instructions and nothing happened. You didn't get any eggs. Then you went somewhere else and did it once and it was successful and did it another time to get even more. No, no, that was it. I got it. Okay. The second time was the second time. All right. The second time was the retrieval. It was a very good experience. Minus the fact, because you know my life and Mm -hmm. this is Lauren Turk in a nutshell. I arrived to Manhattan to do my retrieval that morning of, and you know, after like day, whatever, you're bloated. I felt like I had a like a litter of kittens in my stomach mm-hmm. and the elevators, there was someone stuck in the elevator. The retrieval office was on the 20th floor. They told you during COVID, you cannot be late. Mm-hmm. You, they were so scary. So I had to walk up 20 flights of stairs <laughs> the morning of my retrieval with my like big belly. I literally had my hand like cupped underneath because I, I felt like my eggs were going to fall out of me. Right. I literally, I, I'm not being dramatic, guys. This sometimes happens to people. And I walked up 20 flights of stairs. I was crying. I was an em- emotional wreck. But it was fine. I, got, I did my retrieval. I met all the nice nurses and doctors. I got out of it. I woke up. I ate tons of snacks. It was great. How, how did you, how did you find the first doctor? I'm going to ask how you found each of them. So tell me how you found the first doctor, the one that, or the, the clinic, you didn't meet the doctor even to, that didn't work out. Correct. I didn't even meet her. That one, awkward, my gynecologist recommended because it was local mm-hmm. and I had just opened the business. So it was important to me because you you have to get a blood test and that internal ultrasound every day. Right. I had to go every day. I figured I'm here in New Jersey. It's right down the block. I was like, I'll just use this person. It makes so much sense to me. Even though I knew a friend that worked at the other office, it just made sense for me. Yeah. And I shouldn't have listened to my gut or whatever because it ended up not working. And then how'd you find the second one? Just because your friend worked there? So my very good friend, Eliza, yes, she worked for this doctor and I knew him. Like she would, I I lived on the Upper West Side for five years, I think, Mm -hmm. a bunch of years ago. Mm -hmm. And she was one of my closest friends at the time. And we'd be like, like she worked every day. So if we'd be out on Sunday, he'd like call her or she'd FaceTime him and I'd be say hello. Like he's a great guy, an amazing doctor. Like the only reason I didn't go there is because I, I, I needed to be quote unquote responsible and to drive into Manhattan every morning at six. Also, it was a very different system. So the first place I went to, it was like not a first come first serve situation. There were hundreds of women and men in that waiting room during COVID and it was packed. Mm -hmm. The second place I went to, they texted you when it was time to come upstairs. Right. You had an appointment. It was a a completely, like I felt like a person and not just a number. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that's good. Did you do, how did you decide on the age? Meaning, because you said, you know, you're, you're picking a certain age because there is 
you know, there's differences of, differences of opinions of exactly what the best age to do it at. How'd you pick your so, age? Honestly, I hate to like blame Dr. Shelley. I'm awkward. Mm-hmm. I said her name a hundred times, <laughs> but she said 30. She had told me 30 and I was like, okay, let's just wait till I'm 30. And then I like, let's do when I'm 33, double digits, you know? And yeah. then, yeah, it was, I, I honestly, I, who knows if I did it at 21, if I get more, but also in our community, you know, like at 21, I expected that I'd be back. Yeah, no, it's, I never it's, saw yeah. it's not, it's not, it's not free. And it's also, there is, you know, some pain involved and there's stuff that happens. So usually it's sort of like, you don't want to do too early because you may not need it and you'd be like, oh, and you don't want to do it too late because then your eggs may not be a good quality. And there is that sort of middle ground and it's, it's different for every person, I would say. So yeah. I'm just curious how you pay. So just sort of, you know, she said 30, she said, I'll do 33, whatever. I mean, that's a good, that's, that, it's a pretty good age for yeah, people to do like, it. I, I kind of like panicked. I was like, oh, I got to do this. I'm going to go, I'm going to go like balls to the wall. Mm-hmm. I literally, my friend, Abby, Sophia is like a, fancy photographer sure. we, we I did like a whole photo shoot with Abby because Abby also helped me when I was going through it because she to get pregnant she and her husband went through the process of like uh-huh. IVF so she is one of my closer friends so she also helped me with like my shots and the medication like I had a good support system right so we were talking and I'm like honestly Abby I feel like I have babies I mean like let's do a, like a mommy and me photo shoot so I literally stood in her backyard in like sports bra and a pair of underwear her father-in-law is like super israeli and he happened to be in for that week he thought i was out of my mind i was like prancing around her backyard naked that's fine that's great great memories you know that's awesome (laughs) and then no shame no 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 shame so take us through the process sort of logistically like from your end so start to finish and let's pick the one that worked right just so someone could get a sense like one of our listeners can understand exactly what it is so start from sort of like the first consultation through, you know, mm-hmm. the day of the, re, you know, the retrieval and afterwards. Okay. So I'm going to skip the first experience of my life and we're only going to talk about the great experience. Yes. Life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Clinic number two. Yes. So the first, exp- this first time I went in there, I get a blood test because it's a blood test. Was every day there's a blood test and every other day there's an ultrasound. Is that what it was? I guess, but oh. do, they, do they make you meet with, I assume you meet with them in advance to talk about it in general. There's must be an initial yeah. meeting before. Yeah, there they, was an yeah. initial consult, consultation. Right. And in I got assigned this nurse because she was my friend also. She uh-huh. like came to my personal appointments, but they don't always. Uh-huh. But my advice to everyone on this matter, like I went in there and I was scared and I was nervous. And I had, of course, because I just failed the first time, I was overly confident in the fact that I could ask a million questions. Mm-hmm. So like when she would say like, oh, this many centimeters, we're, we're measuring the sex. I, for, I had no idea what the hell she meant. Right. Because I wasn't good in science. I didn't know what the hell she was talking about. Mm-hmm. I asked a billion questions and no one's going to advocate because I'm like burned. I'm so traumatized. Mm-hmm. No one's going to advocate for, your, for you, but yourself. Right. So like they explained to me how the process works. I made her draw me a picture. True story. I'm very visual. Mm-hmm because I was nervous about the meds and how they worked and what they did, I was, I, I made sure to ask them, how many am I going to need to purchase in advance? Because it's very confusing. You have to take, I like, don't even remember the names of them, but like yeah. you have to give yourself more than one shot at the same exact time every night. Like a friend of mine who's going through it now, we were like going out for dinner and she literally had a cooler with her meds, popped right. into the bathroom, gave herself her shot. And they say it a really, it's not like when you say you, you have to take a birth control every morning at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, oh, I'll take it at 10.30. Like, what's the difference? This is something like, they, they, they're they a little bit intimidating. I'm like, yeah. 
And because you're making such an investment in your time and your health and in like you're spending a lot of money, like mm-hmm. you got to take it seriously. So I was a little bit nervous at that first appointment, even with the second doctor. Mm-hmm. It, it's a commitment. It's not just also that's another thing. It's not just like, oh, I'll just give blood. Oh, it's no big deal. Like you have to be up every morning to get to your appointment to get like to keep track. And it's it's a big. Yeah. But it's only like three weeks of your life. Right. It's like a, it's basically every day for three weeks, give or take. Right. Yeah. Yes. And, and so, like yeah. at the beginning, there's no side effects. Right. Uh-huh. Like week one, I was just like, OK, like it's emotionally draining and it's heavy. Like mm-hmm. even if you're younger or whatever you're going through in your life, it's emotional. But like by the end of it, I think it was like by the end of week two, I felt mm-hmm. so bloated. Yeah. I mean, you are, you are, your stomach is totally distended. Right. Like I obviously wasn't pregnant, but I was walking around with my, my hand on my lower belly. Cause it felt like, right. Like it feels like there's something in there. Right. So it's the, really, really trippy. Right. So the, <laughs> the, the visits are like every day and how long are they give or take? They're quick, right? So again, if it's the yeah. right office for you, it's super quick. You go up, you get your blood drawn, you go into feet. It's not always the same doctor. Mm-hmm. And this is every, every place, every clinic or every, right. every office. It's not always the same doctor that checks you for your mm-hmm. internal ultrasound. Right. Yeah. So they look in like an ultrasound and they see, they showed me every day on the screen. And if they didn't show me clearly, I asked to see exactly. Cause I, I really wanted to know what was going on the second time. Also, I was alone because it was COVID. So I couldn't bring my mom and I couldn't bring my friend. This was the first time, but because I had Aliza the second time, right. like I wasn't, the doctor the second time did show me, they'd show you if your eggs are growing and how many are there or the sex or whatever. I don't really remember the verbiage, you know, yeah. in, a, in a minute. They, yeah. yeah the, <laughs> the follicles. Thank the, you. The follicles. Hey, again, like, it's guys, why, yeah. ask your doctor to draw you a picture. It really helps. And then was it a blood draw every day or every other day, every third day? I think it was every other day. Right. And they use that sort of t- to tell you, hey, take more of this medicine, less of this medicine. Like they follow up with you with those things. Do they like, do they use, they use that data for what? I don't know. Good right. question. Do you ever get no. called and say to change your dose? Like give yourself no, more or less? Always oh, the same dose. Okay. I mean, no, you know, the same. and it's, I was going to ask you about that, you know, during COVID when the, you know, the world was upside down and you had to go alone. But I don't know. Do you have a sense if most women who are doing this do it? alone, I mean, versus bringing a friend or a family member or, you know, whoever, do you have a sense of that for these visits? No, but like I know myself and if it wasn't COVID, there's not a chance in hell that I wasn't going to bring like my mom because for me, freezing my eggs at 33 when I didn't even want to do it and I felt so alone, like I definitely would have brought her, but it wasn't an option. Right. And it's also, I, I think it's an important point because there's just the concept of having like support, like emotionally, like it's, you know, it's lonely. And you're, you know, like you said, this wasn't plan A for you. You're sort of doing this right. for a reason. And, you know, there's, there is some emotion with it and whatever it might be. There's some logistics with it. You know, sometimes you can't find a parking spot and someone else is with you. They can, you know, wait outside or, you know, whatever it is. And then, yeah. yeah. So and like sometimes even if you're yeah. an adult, it's okay to say that you want a friend or... Yeah, no, 100%. And the other thing I was going to mention, and because you specifically said this was a concern the first time around, is there's a lot of instructions thrown at you. You know, doctors, yes. we're really annoying like that. And we just say, oh, do this, 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 and this. And then we walk out of the room and people are like, what? Like, what did they say? Like, and if you have someone else there, you have another person who can maybe take notes or another person and say, wait, that didn't make right. sense to me. Can you explain that again? Or make sure you understand. 
frequently two people are hearing it and they both understand there's a higher chance that it's going to get done right than if only one person's there because, you know, it just it just makes sense like that. Totally. Yeah. And also, I think for just our listeners, this is this is literally the same process that everyone goes through when they're doing IVF. Sort of the first the first part of IVF is sort of Hi. doing the same thing. You get the you get the hormone shots and then they retrieve the eggs. And the, the difference is in IVF, they take the eggs and right away fertilize them with the sperm versus if you're freezing your eggs, they take the eggs and put them in a freezer and wait. Right. So it's huh. it's sort of the process on your end and the process on someone freezing their eggs would be like they could speak to anyone who underwent IVF and it'll be the same up until the day of their retrieval. And then it's sort of different. And so there are a lot of people who've undergone this for different reasons or, you know, I guess yeah. or parallel reasons. Okay, so you, you do the injections, you do the blood work. And then at a certain point, they tell you the time has come, right? Right. And so, so what happens? And it's so interesting because whether you're like a Sabbath observer or anything, you cannot travel, you cannot miss your appointments. Like I had to drive, I usually keep, like I, yeah. I don't drive on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. I had to drive on Saturday. Yeah. Twice. In yeah. the end, my retrieval was on a Saturday morning. Right. It has to be, um, they, they tell you it's tomorrow. Like here it yeah. is. You're doing like it tomorrow. You, yeah. You're here. Like once they, what, the day before your retrieval is like, you have to take, I forget, was trigger shot. Yeah. Yes. ACG. Like, May. A yeah. ACG trigger shot. So I took my trigger shot the night before and like, there's a lot of rules again that you have to like do that. You can't miss it. You have to be there on time, blah, blah. Hence the right. panic when I had to walk up 20 flights of stairs. Mm -hmm. My dad drove me to the appointment. Once they measure you like the day before or two days before, they're just seeing how big your follicles are and whether or not you're ready for the trigger shot, which triggers your brain. So if I'm right, Dr. Fox, mm -hmm. triggers your brain to know, to tell your body that it's time for your egg to drop into your whatever yeah. area. And then the doctor like goes in with the straw, sucks them out. Whoa. And oh, wait, let's back no, up. For, let's back up one second because he may have just freaked some people out here. <laughs> oh, get, sorry, guys. Yeah, you, you get anesthesia. Of us. You take the trigger shot at home, which sort of tells the ovaries that these follicles are ready to come out. And then instead of them coming out on their own, like 24 hours later, you go to the office the next day and they give you, I assume they put you to sleep in some capacity. They give you okay. like, an, they give you an IV, they knock you out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah because so without, I, without the anesthesia, it would kind of hurt what they do. Oh, sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah look, oh, that, right, Lauren, be helpful. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, so I get to the city, I walk up the 20 flights of stairs, I have a lump of crying in my throat, obviously, because mm -hmm. I'm like, uh, my belly is really big. I'm right. sorry, I'm five minutes late. She didn't care. Right. They give you like a shower cap and a matching set of like scrubby pajamas and you sit in a room and the initial nurse comes in and like, I believe she, she hooked me up to an IV. Yeah. And they, and then I got like, I guess like some pre-anesthesia stuff. And then right. I walked into the, okay. I'll probably a little, probably a little, happy, probably a little happy juice is my guess. Well, that. Yeah. And then I walked into the operating room mm -hmm. and I put myself up on the table. Mm -hmm. And of course, in Lauren Turk hangout fashion, I started telling everyone in the operating room what I do for a living and promoted my business. Like, yeah. are any of you women looking to, <laughs> by the way, my doctor, the one who did do the retrieval, ends up consigning at the hangout. Sorry. <laughs> I, I promise you. And so did my doctor from the <laughs> clinic. But they tell you exactly like if you're going for any other procedure, they tell you they're going to start count back from four or whatever. And honestly, the anesthesia that's given for this pro like this process, it was just like a lovely nap. Yeah. And I woke up and I was like, hello. <laughs> and they're like, hi, would you like some graham cracker? And I was like, absolutely. So I right. drank 
apple juice and, and ate some graham crackers and that was it. Yeah, it's, it is amazing. It's, it's sort of what they give now for like a colonoscopy or this. I mean, literally yeah. you're talking to them and then you close your eyes and you open them. You're like, all right, when are we going to start to like do it or done? Exactly. It's, it's an hour later. You know, you're, you're in another room right now and the doctor's gone. It's stuff yeah, works. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, and, it you, was, yeah. And, what, and what they're actually doing, yeah, what they're actually doing is they're doing an ultra, like a vaginal ultrasound. And then along the ultrasound, there's like a very long skinny needle that they sort of guide right like through the vagina into the ovary in your belly and suck out the eggs. And yeah, that would be quite uncomfortable without anesthesia. But with anesthesia, you're fine. And it's not a particular, it's not a particularly dangerous procedure, fortunately. And then when you, when you wake up, were you, did you have pain the next day? Like more so or less so than before? Dude, zero pain. Zero pain. Zero. Less bloating, right? Because the hormones are on the way down. Yeah, but nady. No, it takes a while. No, the ovaries. I mean, your ovaries go. Yeah, your ovaries go from the size of like grapes to the size of grapefruits over the course of two to three weeks, and then they have to get back down to grapes, and it takes a while. Yeah, it's almost like they just like slow motion like bumper car around your body Mm -hmm. inside. Yeah. So your belly, you gotta wear a lot of leggings and sweatpants, (laughs) but it's fine, guys. Who wants to wear jeans in like 2023? We don't have to. Post-COVID life, guys, it's all elastic all the time. Yes, it it didn't hurt. There was no pain. I was like loopy that day. I slept the whole day. Mm-hmm. But in, immediately when I woke up, I was nervous about my number. Yeah. When like, do you find out? I found out that day. Uh-huh. That there were 11. I, that, there, but, that there were 11. But she ended up telling me there were 13 initially, but that's not the final number. Later in the evening, I was told it, what the final number was. Yes. Oh, so, I mean, that day or by the next day, you're going to know. You may have, you may, did Correct. you get inside information from your friend? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. So then it'll be the next day, I guess, for anybody else to find out how many sort of, you know, made it through the freezing process. Yeah. And that's also really scary because yeah. like, I know people who got less than five. I know people who had like 23. She's mm-hmm. like super fertile. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> the Olympics, like, the egg freezing yeah. Olympics. I'm like, right. you, it was actually someone who came into my store and, and told me about their experience after I shared it on Instagram. I was like, wow, <laughs> you're going to have like a million kittens, aren't you? <laughs> what was it like emotionally for you during those two, three weeks? Most emotional human ever. Come on. Were, Come more, on. more so than normal? Were you a wreck or were you just. Personally? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, but for me also, because I'm. I, I am so focused on like being a mom and being a parent. I think I was like ultra sensitive to everything that was going on inside my body and like wh- what I was doing. I'm trying to think if I was living at my parents' house. Yeah, because it was still early COVID. I think it was it was August of 2020. Mm-hmm. I still, I had my apartment. I was living in Fort Lee at the Modern, but mm-hmm. I lived on the 44th floor and one person per elevator ride was crazy. So I moved home to Teenex, my parents' house. Right. So I was living at home at the time, which also made me feel like not great, you know, like I'm single, I'm 33 and I look like I'm pregnant. I'm not, you know, right. very right. emotional. Right. But you have cool parents, so that helps. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. I have the greatest parents, but it's still really difficult. But yeah. emotionally, I was extra, for sure, extra sensitive about everything. But again, it didn't take more than a week or maybe a week and a half to get back to feeling regular. I mean, those grapefruit slow moving mm-hmm. bubbles in your belly are gone. So it's not as like, I literally had to stand up like a nine month pregnant woman. I was, I had to like, like I felt it. Yeah. No, I remember, I remember, I remember when you came over for the, 
backyard practice, I mean, you showed me what your belly looked like and you know, you're, you're like rail thin. And then I was like, we're like, Whoa, Hey, look at that. You know, <laughs> like Lori's yeah, belly. She's like, you know, that's that, a bummer. Yeah. That was, was the time that I never even retrieved. Yeah. It's, that it, was really emotional. Yeah. But we did have, you know, nice singing by a fire pit. So that was, we nice. had nice guys. <laughs> we had nice singing by a fire pit. And if you remember, I played with Chuck, which is, I do remember one of my happy mediums of artwork. So that was a fun night. That was yeah, some, some driveway chalk. That was, you know, that was. That Nadie, did you tell everybody about our concert? Does everybody know that you're a guitar player and a harmonicist? Some do, some don't. I dabble in it. I'm fortunate enough to stand next to you while you sing because then most people after the concert said, hey, Lauren's a great singer. I was like, I was there. Like, yeah, yeah, Lauren's really great. So it was, but that's, <laughs> but that's all. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I am accepting of my place in the band, which is. Oh, please. I'd be <laughs> remiss to mention, not mention your tambourining. <laughs> which is impeccable. I am a good tambourineer. I agree with that. So, all right. In the whole process, what was the best part of it? Was it afterwards, like being done, having the eggs there, just knowing that they're, that they're there for yes. you, like that quote unquote insurance policy? Totally. Okay. To know that no matter what happens in my life, I for sure, no matter what happens in this world, I will somehow be a parent mm -hmm. and I want, I want this for myself. So mm -hmm. Waking up the next week and knowing that I was done, that it's there. Listen, if I choose to go back in and do it a second time, just mm -hmm. for that extra security or whatever it is, mm -hmm. I, I'll see when that road like comes to. But I might. The beauty of this policy for me is I might even not need them. Right. I might meet somebody tomorrow and get pregnant naturally, right. and it'll be great. Right. But. If I do, they're there. Yeah. All 11 babies. I didn't name the eggs, just for clarification. Everyone thinks I'm nuts. I just have them hanging on my refrigerator because I'm proud of them. That's cool. I, I was going to ask you when you when you meet someone and you're dating them, do you tell them this? And what what's their what's their response typically? Are people like, do they sort of like not know what to say? Are they like, oh, that's awesome? Or how does... No, no, no it's it's positive. I, oh. I am so open about it, Nadia. Like people will try to set me up. No, I mean, when you're, I mean, when you're on it, like if you're on a date and you're talking to a guy For, and, and okay. it just, and it, and it comes up to, they'd be like, whoa, like I am not, I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie to you, Nadie. Uh -huh. I have yet to be on a date with a guy where I mentioned my eggs. Okay. But when that time comes, I will be happy to share it with you so you can relay it to your podcast listener. I'll be good. Now get to I, know. Updates, updates. I would never not. Like, yeah. No, no, I'm saying it's, it's I wouldn't. Say I yeah. out with somebody for more than three dates, all of I, like, mm -hmm. yeah. by me, I hope. Yeah. For sure, I'd be open with that yeah. person. I'm 33. I'm 33. I'm 36. Like, yeah, no, I would expect. I would. I, I wasn't asking if you would tell them. I assume that it would either either they would know or it would come up at some point. I'm curious if you've ever had been on a date and got to see what their response is. And I just don't know. I don't yeah. know if they would. What you know, would you say? For me, well, if, if I were on a date yeah. right now and they're telling me about freezing eggs, it'd be a little weird because my wife oh, would probably. Maybe you know what I mean. <laughs> I know your wife. I know your children. I mean, what me, me, me personally, I would say that's awesome. Yeah. Like, good for you. Yeah, that's what I would say. I what's mean, the negative. Yeah, no, like, I, I can't imagine a guy being like, "Oh, that's so what? negative and intrusive." Well, I, I don't know. Yeah, speaking speaking for the fifty percent of the world that are guys, many of us are immature childish and stupid. So right. I am sure that there are people who would respond in ways that are according to that uh, way of life. But, you know, I would hope that someone would be very positive and encouraging because that's, that's what, it sh you know, someone should be. Uh, but we, some we sometimes get things wrong. I've been told from time to time. Yeah, it's rough. Not all the boys are like you, Nady Fox, you know, and <laughs> not all the dates are great. <laughs> well, so, so what would be, you know, someone came to you right now 
and said, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm 32. I'm thinking of doing this. And you're sitting down with the coffee, you know, you're telling them your story. What would be like the top advice you would give them? For sure. I would say, do it. Mm -hmm. I would give them my number. I would FaceTime with them every night while doing their shots. Mm -hmm. I would offer, no, I would say, if you are not sure of anything, ask your nurse. Mm -hmm. And if you're not sure on top of that, ask your nurse because mm -hmm. that's why they're there. And they didn't, the first, like, they don't always, I was so lucky. Like, Aliza FaceTimed with me while I did my shots the first mm -hmm. like four nights. Right. Like, she was so great. And because I was comfortable with her, it's a very vulnerable thing. Mm -hmm. But if you don't do it right, they, it's not going to work. Right. So my, my, but that's my thing with everything, every job, it's better to ask a million more questions than not. So that's my advice to everybody is just, if you're going to do it, do it all the way. And if, if you have any questions, if you can't find, also sometimes if you can't find someone that knows and your nurse isn't necessarily clicking with you, speak to your doctor. Yeah. And say, I'm not getting all the information because this it's it could be very overwhelming. And a lot of times these nurses don't realize it's your first time. Right. And that you don't know the the deal. So yeah, and that's my yeah, And sometimes it's personality. Sometimes, you know, people the same person giving advice to two people, sometimes it's it's right for one person and not right for another. And then you find another person. Like it's not, you know. Yeah, I didn't the first time I felt so unsafe and mm -hmm. unsure and self-conscious and like you said before, so many people have been through it. Mm -hmm. And now that I know so much more about it, I'm able to like say, oh, you know, this person, this like so many women now also who talk about it. It's just more of an open thing, I think. Yeah, Maybe. no, I think so. What, how do how do people find you, LT? Uh, guys, let's, let's do a plug it. Let's talk about the Hangout. Podcasters. Hi, I'm Lauren Trick, the owner of the Hangout, NJ. It is a designer consignment boutique in Englewood, New Jersey. You could follow me on Instagram, guys, at the concert. Needy was plugging me. Follow me on the Hangout, NJ. Yeah. Also, if anybody on this podcast has a question, you could tell them. I keep it real. I'll give you the truth. Lord, anybody man. wants to know where to go, I got you. As long as, as long as you follow the Hangout on Instagram, you are right. you're one of Lauren's peeps. I can say yeah, it right now. I like to call you guys my hangers. Those are my followers. Love it. Listen, guys, my first concert was in, what was it, 2019? It was, yeah, it was 2019. So we, yeah, we started practicing, I guess, a year and a half before, something like yeah. that, give or take. So we met sometime, I guess that was end of 2017, beginning of 2018. So it's been, yeah. uh, it's been five years. And after our first concert, the amount of messages that I got on Instagram that said, Oh my God, I think that's my OB. Is that my OB? That guy delivered like 90% of my friends get like, everybody was responding yeah. to that. They're like, Dr. Fox. I, I don't know if I'd rather hear that they said, wow, he's a much better doctor than he is guitar player or here he's a much better guitar player than doctor. Both of them are kind of, yeah, I don't know. I have to think about that one. But the first concert, I did very little guitar because I was just learning. I was mostly- Yeah, you were yeah. more of a singer and a, and a harmonica dude. Yeah, so that's good. Awesome. Well, Lauren- I love talking to you. Thank you so much for Thank coming on the you. podcast and of for, course. yeah, this is really helpful stuff for everybody. And yeah, and I will see you around and everyone who's listening here. Absolutely. Follow Lauren on the Hangout NJ. And yeah, and you'll, you'll then also get to, you'll get to be friends with Lauren as well. Thanks, Dave. Can't wait to rock out in your basement. Thank you for listening to the Healthful Woman Podcast. 
To learn more about our podcast, please visit our website at www.healthfulwoman.com. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-F-U-L-W-O-M-A-N.com. If you have any questions about this podcast or any other topic you would like us to address, please feel free to email us at hw at healthfulwoman.com. Have a great day. The information discussed in Healthful Woman is intended for educational uses only. It does not replace medical care from your physician. Healthful Woman is meant to expand your knowledge of women's health and does not replace ongoing care from your regular physician or gynecologist. We encourage you to speak with your doctor about specific diagnoses and treatment options for an effective treatment plan.